you have your Bibles, turn with you with me, if you would, to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians. I'm going to be reading from chapter 1. talk about an unpopular subject today. I want to talk about snakes. There you go. Isn't that a great visual? Specifically though, I want to speak this morning on living above the snake line. Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 9, says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Watch this next phrase. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins who is the image of the invisible God and firstborn of every creature for by him were all things created that are in heaven that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things by him all things consist Would you pray with me this morning, Father? I come before you today thanking you for grace, for mercy, for the goodness of God. And Lord, for these few moments that we have remaining together today, would you speak to us in a way that only you can? Illuminate our minds and our hearts to the revelation of your word. May you be glorified honored and praised for these things in Jesus name and the church said amen if you'd like to leave your Bibles open to Colossians chapter 1 we'll certainly be making reference living above the snake line I have some great neighbors across the street from me They have been living in their home for about 10 years. When they first moved into their home, they found two black snakes. They decided that they would leave them be to kill mice. They decided that they would leave them be 
because they can also kill other venomous snakes that might come around. Last summer, 10 years later, in one summer alone, over that period of time, those two snakes had multiplied until they discovered 27 black snakes. The wife is like this. The snakes, all the snakes have to go. Most of the summer, they spent getting rid of the snakes. Have you ever heard of the term snake line? It is a line where you will never find a snake. Now, never finding a snake, that is a wonderful thought. I am not a fan of snakes. Small, medium, long, or short, I don't hang out with snakes. I don't care if they are multicolored or black. I don't care if they keep the mice population down. I don't care if they have diamonds on their back or gold in their teeth. They are no value to me. You never, ever, ever have to worry about this preacher handling snakes. <laughs> you can put that thought away. In fact, true story, years ago, at the church we were pastoring, we were having a problem with snakes. And literally, there is posted, at least there was, posted on YouTube probably some 10 or 11 years ago, a video of me throwing a piece of plywood on top of a snake and jumping up and down on the plywood. I'm a big old dude. That serpent didn't stand a chance. Living above the snake line. When settlers were gathering in to move into new land in a region, a particular region, if they discovered land that was upon a hillside or a mountainside, that was rocky, it was very hard to clear, it was not as fertile as the land that was down in the valley. But in the valley land where it was green and lush and colorful, much more fertile and appealing to the eye, there were also rattlesnakes and adders and copperheads early settlers had to make a decision, a choice. If they stayed in the green, lush lowlands and built and developed their land and their community, they would risk the fatal bites of venomous serpents. Or they could go a little higher up the mountainside, the hillside, and purchase their land. Now that land up the hillside will be a lot more labor intense. The ground will not be near as fertile. But higher you go up the mountain, the snakes were more and more sparse until you got to a place where snakes were nowhere to be found. 
I submit to you this morning that there is a spiritual snake line as well. That there is a level of living that is higher than anything that this world has to offer. And I believe God has called His people, professing believers, to live above the snake line. First of all, I want to tell you, we have been elevated above the snake line. You see, when you were born, you were born in the lowlands of sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 says every sinner is dead in trespasses and sins. The Bible teaches us all as well that we all used to walk according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. The image is crystal clear. Lost people live below the snake line. Now, no one likes the picture that is behind me. The idea of being surrounded by nasty, poisonous, venomous snakes. But rather, when we're in sin, we like the, we like the mirage that shows the beauty and the lore of sin. I remember as a child, vividly growing up in a Christian home where my mother and my father were teaching me the difference between right and wrong and how to, to live godly. I remember I, we would ride in the car and we would go by and see the billboards. And you remember these billboards. They were very popular. You'd see the, the handsome uh, cowboy that would be, I mean, he was a good-looking man. He was a specimen. And he's, he's sitting there smoking his Marlboro. Or you're in the grocery store and, and the magazine has, has the half-naked woman that's, a, that's attractive, beautiful woman uh, on the exterior. And she enjoying her her wine or enjoying her strong drink or enjoying her beer. Uh, But I got to tell you, as I stand here before you this morning, I I don't ever recall seeing a billboard with with that same cowboy coughing his emphysema-filled lungs out. And I I can never recall a a time where I saw a magazine with a a beautiful woman dying in a hospital bed with hardened and alcohol-diseased liver. Why is that? Because sin is portrayed as attractive and luring. And, And the Scripture Scripture tells us that, and the Scripture warns us of that when the Bible says it. And don't be, don't be surprised. Do not wonder uh, that Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light. Whatever you have heard, whatever you envision, Satan will not appear before you as a, as a, a, a creature that is scary looking with a, a pitchfork in his hand and pointed ears and, and black and red colors. That, that's, that's an image that, that uh, might would, would help us but no that's not the way he appears he appears to be something that is that is attractive that is that is luring but can I tell you today that if you are here this morning or you're listening to me uh, via Facebook today I want you to know that that uh, that living below the snake line you'll be living with the reptiles and and the and the scorpions and the locusts and and the 
creatures that want to sting and poison and destroy you. Creatures that we would avoid in the physical realm, but we fail to identify in the spiritual realm. And, and I just believe that, that God has sent me here today to, to tell people in the room and to tell people that are, that are watching on their, on their computer, on their television, you need to, you need to hear this. That, that friend, if you, are, if you are living, if you are living below the snake line, you are in a place of spiritual poverty. You're in a place of weariness and exhaustion. And you're in a place of collapse. If you're living below the snake line, it is a place of brokenness and, and hopelessness and, and sorrow, confusion, and pain. If you're living below the snake uh, line, it is the lowlands of broken hearts and, and shattered dreams and ruined relationships and, and troubled minds. There are vicious serpents and snakes of sin. If you're living below the snake line, they're continuing to inject their poisonous venom over and over, bringing pain and poverty and destruction and death. I've come by to sound the clarion call that the lowland is a terrible place of danger. Below the snake line, that lush green valley is loaded with adders and pythons and rattlers and copperheads and the end is called death. That's what Romans says. For the wages of sin is death. That's what Ezekiel says in 18 and 4. The soul that sins it shall die. We're not talking about physical death. We're talking about spiritual death. But I've also come by with some good news. Some good news and that is this. You don't have to live below the snake line. God created you to be elevated above the snake line. As a matter of fact in his words, he has made us, created us to sit together with him in heavenly places. Exactly the opposite is true. When you climb above the snake line, there is spiritual replenishment and spiritual abundance and spiritual safety and spiritual hope and spiritual security. Colossians 1 and verse 12 says we give thanks unto the Father. Praise God. We are adopted into the family of God from below the snake line to above the snake line. From the lowlands now to the highlands. We've been given the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father. Verse 12 tells us that he has made us part of the saints of light. Verse 13 tells us why. Because he delivered us from the power of darkness. Can I tell you, I have left the lowlands for the highlands. I've left the darkness for the light. I have left the valley for the mountainside. I left the dark where I could not see the snakes and I went up to the mountain heights where they're not only fewer, but they are much more exposed. As a matter of fact, I feel a shout coming on because it was on a mountainside. It was on a hillside where the old serpent was exposed. And Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 predicted that the snake would bite the heel of Jesus. But it also predicted in that same verse that Jesus, the son of God, on a hillside, on a mountainside, would crush the old, the old snake's head. Furthermore, we read this in Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 that on that hillside, on that good Friday 2,000 years ago he spoiled principalities and powers. Jesus made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. Oh hallelujah to the Lord on a mountainside 
snake line called Golgotha. Jesus stomped on the snake so that you and I could live victorious above the snake line in the heavenly places he created us to live in. Well, praise the Lord. I am elevated above the snake line. You are not who you used to be. You are not who you used to be. You should not have the same desires that you used to have. Oh, Lord, help me here. Just because we've been given free grace doesn't mean it's cheap grace. It cost the Lord everything. It cost him his life, his suffering, everything. He disrobed himself of royalty, clothed himself in humanity, and went to the throes of death and the caverns of darkness so you could be lifted above the snake land into heavenly places in the Lord. <laughs> what does that mean? I told you earlier, we don't handle snakes around here. We don't. You won't see it happen. But I tell you something we do that's even greater than that. We trample on the snake's head because Jesus did. Come on, you get that in your spirit. Greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. I'm telling you, you don't have to live defeated. He went to the battle for you. He spoiled principalities and powers. You don't have to live defeated. You've been elevated above the snake line. You are victorious in Jesus' name. Not only have we been elevated above the snake line, but we also have been enlightened above the snake line. Now stay with me. When you determine to live above the snake line, you are blessed with spiritual enlightenment. Colossians 1.9, you're filled to be completely full. Now this is important. To know fully what God's will is, but also his wisdom and spiritual understanding. When you're living above the snake line, you're given the opportunity to receive revelation and discernment of the mysteries of the Lord. God just doesn't drop revelation to anyone. He doesn't just trust his mysteries to those who choose to live below the snake line. Or to those who choose to never grow up in the Lord. They keep falling again and again and again below the snake line. They never seem to learn. You've met them. I've met them. They never seem to learn that green grass on the other side may very well mean that there's a sewer close by. I'm preaching good here. Say, Pastor, I want to live above the snake line. 
Well, you know what that means? That means you're going to have to set your affections on things above and not on the earth beneath. And when you do that, the result will be the beginning of spiritual revelation and insight and the mysteries of your Father unfolding before you. I've got to have enlightenment. I really do. I've read this book, this blessed book, from cover to cover several times, as many of you here. But in your walk with the Lord, as you strive to get closer to Him, how many of you can attest that you would sit down and you would look at the pages of Scripture and something would jump off the pages into your heart that you've never seen before? A revelation, a mystery. I'm grateful for resources, study books, but I want a rhema word from God. <laughs> I want a fresh revelation. I want the peeling back of the layers of scripture, but to stay there, I have to stay above the snake line. I need a fresh word to preach. I, I need fresh revelation for my family. You need fresh revelation for your family. You need, you need a fresh revelation for a situation you find yourself in. You can't hold hands with the world and hold hands with Jesus at the same time. You can't say, oh God, I've got to have you, I've got to have you, I've got to have you, and still participate in activity below the snake line where all the poisonous, venomous serpents are. You say, well, it's harder above the snake line. The heat picks up the higher I climb the mountain. The, fruits, the fruit doesn't seem to be coming forth as much. You know what? You, sometimes you got to work for it a little bit. Sometimes you say, you know what? I'm going to square my shoulders, and I'm going to be determined to get closer to God. God's going to take care of this junk that's going on in the world. God's going to take care of this stuff that's going on in our country. I'm not going to get caught up in this nonsense. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to strive after the Lord. And as I strive after the Lord, He will amaze you with the revelation and the insight and the discernment that He will give to you as you get closer to Him. I've been a little frustrated this week, as many of you have. I want to lash out. Don't you just want to lash out? I made the statement this week, and I've said it several times. We're all looking at the same crisis through different lenses. But if the enemy can get in... And divide the body of Christ, he will. He'll try to divide us from each other. Don't expect the government to unite us. Don't expect politicians to unite us. It's as divisive as it's ever been in my lifetime. And there have been times I felt myself wanting to say this and post this and do this and get on my soapbox. And the Lord says, you know what? Some things are better off if you just pray. Pray. Just pray. I can do a whole lot more in a moment than you can do in your lifetime. And I've said before, you've heard it. This came to me this week. 
enlightened people. You ever run into those hyper-spiritual people? Oh, my goodness, man, I, I see them coming in Walmart. I'm ready to go down the other aisle. There's a sign behind every cloud. There's an angel behind every bush. Man, they pluck my nerves. And I, I agree with this. Some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. I've run into those folks, especially if I know they're, the way they live. Boy, they can talk Jesus with the best of them, but their feet ain't never on the ground. They're never walking a straight line, but they can talk the language. Then as I was praying about that this week, because that speaks to arrogance and high-mindedness, and I thought, but, you know, that's a powerful statement, but then, then the Lord just kind of revealed this to me. You know, some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. I want to be so heavenly minded that I can do some earthly good. That's what we ought to be. We can do some earthly good. And if the Spirit of God searches out the deep things of God, and He wants to reveal them to His children, but He's not going to reveal it to you if you're living below the snake line. God created within us a desire to be elevated and to be enlightened. A little girl was playing in her yard. Her mom was close by. And she, the little girl was looking at the flowers in her mother's flower garden. And this small child looked up at her mom and she said, Mom, I know why the flowers grow. And the mother looked over at her and said, Well, why do the flowers grow? Because they want to get out of the dirt. There's a lot of revelation in that. There's a lot of powerful truth in that. God created us to get out of the dirt, to grow above the snake line. God. Now, let me tell you, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. I mean, Adam and Eve... They fell below the snake line, and their environment was perfect. They had a perfect environment. It was a perfect Garden of Eden, but they still fell below the snake line. And yet, if you flipped over to the New Testament, and you read about the environment the Ephesian church lived in, it was an, it was an environment that was a corrupt cesspool of immorality and debauchery. And yet, they went hard after the Lord. Why? Because it's never been about the environment. It's always a matter of the heart. You can be elevated spiritually on Sunday. And if you're not careful, you can be deep in the valley of sin on Monday. If you do not guard your heart. Oh, I feel like I need to wander a little bit. I'm a preacher that doesn't believe in rabbit trailing too much, but I, I, I got to go here. Sometimes we use spiritual gifts as a measuring stick for our spirituality. But there's no one in this room, as long as you've been serving the Lord and as spiritual as you may consider yourself to be, there's no one watching me on camera right now, no matter how spiritual you may be or how long you've been serving the Lord, that can't fall into the lowlands of sin on Monday after a great spiritual Sunday experience with God on the Lord's Day. Because you've got to guard your heart.
Sometimes we think it's environment. Well, my husband is a heathen. It's still a matter of the heart. Well, my children are rebellious. It's still a matter of your heart. I've, had, I've literally had family members down in the South that have said to me, if you only lived closer, it would be easier for us to serve Jesus. What kind of nonsense is that? There are people that actually believe that. If I had the right influencers, there will never be a perfect environment for you to serve the Lord. Because serving the Lord has always been and will always be a matter of the heart. So we're elevated above the snake line and we're enlightened above the snake line. And finally, we are empowered. We're empowered against the snake line. Colossians 1 and 11 says we're strengthened with all might. All might has been given to us according to his glorious power. The power that created the world. The power that sustains the world. The power that resurrected Jesus from the dead. Paul said in Romans, this same power is resident inside of you that raised Jesus from the dead and it will quicken your mortal bodies. It's in us. It's in us to fight against the snake line. Romans 6.14 says, Sin shall not have dominion over you. We're elevated above it. When he saved us, he lifted us above it. If we strive to be more like him, he'll enlighten us above the snake line. And when we are tempted to fall below, when something's gotten so big that we can't handle it anymore, and we feel like we're about to go under, you have the power in the name of Jesus. You are empowered against sin. You are empowered to live above the snake line. I hope this is making sense to y'all today. My first church, I'll never, never forget. I'd only been preaching about a year and a half, I guess. Some precious lady walked out of church and she said, Pastor, I love you. I love your wife. But I have absolutely no idea what you were talking about today. That happened 25 years ago. It left a scar. <laughs> so I hope you're not going to go out of here today. All I know is he talked about a bunch of snakes, and we didn't handle them, so all is good. <laughs> Living in a place of victory. But you've got to go there. And if you've ever climbed a hill, a mountain, a knoll, the slightest incline, is work. But as you strive, <laughs> he'll do some great things in your life. In conclusion, Pastor, how do you defeat sin? How do you defeat? You live above the snake line. He got crucified on a hill outside of Jerusalem. Hebrews tells us to go where he went. 
where he was crucified. To go, let's, we're going to suffer the reproach. Let's go to where he died. Let's go to the hillside. Let's go above. True story. A pilot, World War II, gets in the cockpit of his plane. He's the only one. He goes off on his mission several thousand feet in the air. Only room enough for him to sit in his cockpit. As he's flying, he begins to hear a sound. Scratching. Chewing. And it was coming from behind the fuselage of the plane. He knew what it was. A rat had gotten in there behind the fuselage. And the rat was scratching and chewing. Near where cables that controlled the flaps and the rudders, the hydraulic lines, the electrical wires, the pilot knew he was in trouble. That his life was in danger because of a rodent. And there was no way he could leave the cockpit to get to that rat. But he had an idea. He took that high-powered plane, that fighter plane, and he turned that thing up directly toward the sun. As he was flying toward the sun, after a while... An altitude was reached where there was very little oxygen, and the rat died. I'm telling you today, you can be elevated, you can be enlightened, you can be empowered. This world is lowlands. Sometimes it appears, my God, I feel the Holy Spirit. If, sometimes it appears green and lush and attractive. But I'm telling you, it has deadly, venomous snakes and serpents ready to sink their poisonous bites into your soul. So what is the answer? Set your altitude Toward the sun. Turn the plane that you're flying. The boat that you're commanding. Your spiritual vehicle. Turn it toward the Lord. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. It's not worth it. The temptation is there. You don't know what's going on in my life. How dare you, preacher? The moment of pleasure will cost you everything. 
The moment of temptation will burn you in such a way that it'll take you years to recover from it. The Lord has elevated you. He wants to enlighten you. He wants to empower you. Come give me some music, Tony, if you would. You know, I... I heard a... I heard a pastor say this this week. He said, we're feeding so much on this frenzy that's going on. Even if we're doing devotions. Boy, I felt convicted. You may do your 30 minutes of takeout with the Lord. Very appropriate. And then pull up to a sumptuous fare of what the media is feeding us. Is that not the truth? I've been... I've been angry this week. I have shook my head this week. I have been broken. I've been irritated. I've been angry. Am I the only one? Don't sit there and look at me like a Missouri mule. I never thought I would live to see a day where whole communities would talk about defunding a police department. All them bright-eyed council members, I'd like to see them leave their perch and go police those communities. I've been angry. And you know what I've come to the conclusion and the Lord convicted me of is that, you know, if you're not careful, you'll start, you'll start sliding back to that snake line. You need to feed more on me. You ever just get to a place where you say enough is enough? I can't take it anymore. The Lord said, I mean, I've been on Facebook for nine years now. I thought about it the other day. Nine years. It was 2011, I believe it was. When my wife and I joined Facebook for the first time. I can't say it was the best decision I've ever made. You used to say, well, it's a way to keep up with your family. My goodness, we find, up, find out more about people's recipes now. Find out about when somebody's eating at Cracker Barrel because they checked in at Cracker Barrel. Who gives a rip? Enjoy Cracker Barrel. The whole world doesn't have to know it. But people do it. Know, maybe you've done it. I mean, just being honest with you, but I'm telling you, all the stuff that is spewing, it just, if you just sit back for a moment, it just sucks the life right out of you. And then you find yourself dwelling on it, pondering it, wanting to jump into the fray of it, wanting to give your two cents worth because you have a right to be heard. That same preacher said, you know what? Here's the truth. We have rights as American citizens, but as Christians, we have no rights at all. We gave up our rights when we started following Christ. There's a thought. Man, I, Aunt B, I don't want to go back to the snake line. 
It is so easy to take 10 steps forward with the Lord and let one moment of distraction cause you to fall all the way back. Would you stand with me? I'm going to do something I haven't done in two and a half months. If you're not comfortable, that's fine. I don't want you to be offended with me, and I'm not offended with you. But if there would be someone in the house that would say, you know what? I have found myself. I'm still a Christian, but I have found myself sliding back toward that snake line instead of pushing my altitude toward the sun. And you just say, I need prayer. We can do that whole, we got plenty of room up here. We can do that whole six foot thing. But if you're, if you're standing here today and you say, preacher, I acknowledge. The preacher acknowledged. So somebody else to say, you know, I acknowledge that stuff, temptations, another person, an old way is trying to crop up again. I'm being lured back to the snake line. And I know it's a bad place to go. Because below that snake line is nothing but poison and venom and destruction. Could be in your emotions, could be in your choices, could be in your thoughts, could be in some of the deeds that you find yourself tempted to be involved in. But you... You say, you want to renew your commitment to set your altitude toward the sun. You say, I need prayer. And I realize I need prayer. I want you to step out from where you are. If you're comfortable, you can pray where you're at. But if you're comfortable, I want you to come stand around this altar. You see the person next to you. I want, I want you to give, it, I give plenty of feet between you. I'm not asking for anybody to lay on of hands. But if you say, I'm a, I'm a person that needs prayer. Come on. Anyone? Anyone? I need prayer. I need prayer. I'm struggling to stay above the snake line. I really am. You're my family. You're standing here and you're with your family. This is your church family. If you can't be honest before God and your church family, then something's wrong. If anybody can appreciate your frustration, it's your family. There's others. I'm just going to stand here and I'm just going to acknowledge that I need prayer. You that are in the altar, you that are standing in your seat, you say, well, I don't feel comfortable coming up to the altar right now. That's fine. But if you're here today, while every, every eye is closed across this room, please close your eyes. Please bow your heads. And you would say, Preacher, there have been times I've been tempted to fall down to the snake line. It's different for different folks. It's a different button. I need prayer. As you stand at this altar, as you stand in your seats, lift both hands to heaven right now and begin to ask the Lord. Renew your commitment. Renew your commitment. 
that you're going to set your altitude toward the sun. Oh, oh Lord. Oh, Lord. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. I know on that hillside it's going to take more work and it's going to be a little more labor intense. It's going to take more time in prayer, more time in the Word, more time of just meditating and worshiping you and more time, less time of the things that take away from me and more time in the things that add to who I am. And that's you, Lord. Nobody adds more to me than you do. No one, Lord. No one adds more than Jesus. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of racism. I'm tired of reverse racism. I'm tired of disrespect for civil authority. I'm tired of the divisiveness. And God, it's affecting my spirit. There's a temptation that's affecting me. The devil is trying to wreak havoc in my home, in my family, in my marriage. But this morning I recommit myself and like that pilot did, I'm turning my altitude toward the S-O-N, toward the sun. I'm turning my altitude toward you. I've been tempted to slide. My landing gear has been out when it should have stayed in. Have you found it to be true? That the closer you get to Jesus, the more victory you live in. If you didn't notice, we intentionally created the PowerPoint the way that we did. You started out with a picture full of snakes. You ended with an admonishment to set your altitude toward the sun. And there's not a snake on the screen to be found. Uh, I don't know about that, preacher. I think people sin every day. That's hogwash. I've never bought into that. I do not believe that a child of God has to sin every day. We have an advocate with the Father. We can be overcomers through Jesus Christ our Lord. In our thoughts, in our words, in our deeds, in our attitudes, we can be overcomers because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I'm going to ask one of our elders, Brother Fred Myers, to come and pray over us. I just feel led to do that. just felt a prompting. Brother Fred, would you come? Just remain reverent for another moment or two. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place.
be so careful. You got to be so careful to watch your spirit. Father, you've taught me that we're spirit to draw closer. I've turned the TV off. I've been in a prayer chain. And I feel your spirit with me at all times. And I want that on all of my brothers and sisters here, Lord. I know there are heavy hearts, Lord, for what's going on in this world. We can draw this way and that way. But I agree with our pastor, Lord. There's only one way. That's the cross. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm honored to have you to work in my life. I'm honored to pray to the Father through the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray, I pray blessings upon everyone in this room, Lord. I speak blessings upon the Father. Every family that is represented here, Father, you know their needs, you know their hurts. There's so many that are God beyond what we can understand the way they hurt, but you know. And we know that you'll take care of us if we stay above that snake line. Thank you, Father, again for that message. I speak these blessings over every family represented through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.